everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are back from Israel, Shavuos, Memorial Day, and the Celebrate Israel Parade, and wow, has it been a busy two weeks. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nachum's live lunch. Do my eyes deceive me? I barely recognize him when he is not a tomato. It is Yoni Pollock behind the board. Hello, Yoni. I like the tomato look. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you were comfortable. The the uh, good morning to you. Oh, good morning. Yes. And the tomato reference for those people who did not um, join us in Israel in Jerusalem while we were there for Yom Yerushalayim fifty is because Yoni, who did a phenomenal job engineering while we were abroad, um, was also exposed to a tremendous amount of sun, as were we all. But Yoni seems to be a sun magnet. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You're not built for the sun. Well, uh, that that's for sure. I guess I'm just I'm I'm very used to the sun. Unfortunately, I really should be more careful about it. It's uh, something I'm sure my mom is not too happy about, and I know you're not too happy about. No, no, I am horrified by your consistent uh, direct exposure to the sun without any sunscreen whatsoever. That yeah. is for sure. I mean, I grew up in like used 90 degrees, so like yes. I always put on sunscreen. <laughs> I just felt like when I you know here it's like 70s, or even in Israel it's like 70. Like I don't know the sun like. 70 is not going to do anything. It's really not the temperature. That's where I'm fooling myself. It's not right. the temperature. It's, the it's sun the is the sun. sun. Yeah. So you, so. you were um, exceedingly tomato-like, almost lobster-esque. And um, I used the word agvania in describing to the some of the staff at the Inbal why it was necessary for us to get as much shade as possible that Thursday when we were recording um, when we were recording the show, and like they weren't getting it, I was losing my Hebrew. I couldn't find the right words, and I'm like, "Who kiilu agvania?" Now, right. right, which means he's almost like a tomato, or it means that in broken Hebrew. Yes. Exactly. I'm sure there is somebody right now who's going to be posting on the app, giving me the correct phraseology for that, which is fine because I have a feeling we'll need it again. But um, yeah, it's nice to see you back at your normal skin tone. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. How was Shavuos? Shavuos was great. Great to be home. The kid. A lot know, of what? Okay, your nephew, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. not my yeah. kid. The <laughs> kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Lots of weddings. Lots of weddings, thank God. <laughs> More to come. So. Yeah. And the uh, the parade. The parade was a huge success. The parade is a lot of fun. The weather weather was pretty good. Weather you know, was fine. Weather was fine. Nobody's really complaining. Nobody's it wasn't complaining. the uh, tornado like circumstances right. that we had last year. Was last year the one with the hurricane? Hurricane. I don't know. There was some kind of wind. There was some kind of crazy wind that they canceled the concert. Wasn't that last year? Well, last year was crazy weather to start. I th- yeah, maybe the it might have been canceled. You're yeah, right. I think because of tornado-like winds, hurricane winds. I don't know. Some kind of crazy velocity of wind. That's for sure. But yeah, the the parade was great. If you missed any of the parade, you can certainly check out our Facebook page. You can check out. I think our homepage should have yes. the yes. The video is up on our homepage. Thank you to ZK and the entire team. Thank you to Yoni. Thank you to Avrami. Thank you to Jamie. Are we still thanking Jamie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we think she's going to hear this? Mm, yeah. No, okay. Um, and, of course, my thanks to Mark and my thanks to Nahum. It is, uh, it's, you don't know what it was like the first year. We were alluding to it a little bit during the Celebrate Israel broadcast just the beginning of this week. But trust me when I tell you, we have come a long, long way from cell phones, scotch tape, and um, headsets. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Anyway, let's get through uh, what's going on today. I have a fortune cookie. Thank you, Yoni, for making sure that the fortune cookie was readily available. And um, there there are lots of big um, drawings going on this week. So if you haven't already won, um, if you have won, the FJB Unity website is still up. If you haven't already won and are still playing, you can use these numbers, 4138312323. 
and 47. Why aren't they in order? Numerically. I don't know. Bothers me. I don't know. I There are a lot of, you know, these fortune cookies have been very schwach. What's the fortune? Okay. A family reunion in the coming months will be a tremendous success. And the only reason this is really funny is because my husband just canceled our family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, I'm, gonna, so I'm gonna send this to Steven and say, Oopsie Daisies. Uh, and by the way, speaking of Oopsie Daisies, today is actually Oopsie Daisy Day. Really? Yes. Wow, I, well I, I'm not kidding. I know I didn't even do it on purpose, well but done. yeah, I know. Well played, Shakespeare, as my father would say. Uh, today is Oopsie Daisy Day, and it's also World Oceans Day. Which I'm not planning on celebrating, but shout out to all the oceans out there. And by the way, just as a side point, um, if you did not make your donation during the the um, Jam and the AM marathon, which I think was only a couple weeks ago, but it seems like eons ago at this point, fjbunity.org. We thank you in advance for all of your uh, support. We really appreciate it. Let's get to our let's get to our guest because I'm actually unbelievably excited to have her on, and I will explain why. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Shari Pear joins me. She's a cartoonist. I, I, I kid you not. She is an Orthodox cartoonist living in Los Angeles. So many interesting things going on with Shari. So many things I'd like to discuss with her. And just to invite her on, good morning, Shari. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. I, I know the times have been difficult to coordinate, but I really appreciate you making the slot for us here. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. So the first time you were on the air was a number of years ago. You were on the air with Nahum on JM in the AM to promote a Jewish humor calendar that you had created as a senior project for the School of Visual Arts where you were a student. Yeah, um, it was a great experience, and um, I wanted to inject some of my Jewish cultural background uh, into my final project, and I created the calendar, and um it was it was really fun getting to talk to Nachum on air, uh, and you know, I graduated valedictorian, so it was just it was just I tried to do as much as I could to promote being an Orthodox Jew in an art school setting. So I guess that that brings me to my first question, which was, how did you, or was it difficult to reconcile in this world, which? I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the world of cartoonists to be able to speak to this as an authority. But were you was it difficult to integrate being or, you know, being an Orthodox Jew in this cartoonist world? Well, for me, I feel like I've always been able to navigate pretty easily between being an Orthodox Jew, being a cartoonist. Uh, I, I started taking art lessons at the age of six. So I went to summer camp that, you know, one of my earliest best friends was a was a girl of a Christian background, so I'd always kind of knew where I was and comfortable and was comfortable with myself. Uh, and when I went to art school, I made sure I would, you know, wear dresses and, and skirts and, you know, sleeves that were very modest. Uh, and I loved being go- the go-to Jew on campus. <laughs> uh, and I, I honestly never felt more Jewish than I did it in art school. I mean, you had a couple of issues here where people would make comments about, uh, you know, I think God will look away this one time if you go to oh. an event on a Saturday. So you have a couple of that. But I mean, I pretty much have always been comfortable with who I am and what I believe and what I do. So it's been it was always a pretty seamless transition. And how was your final project re- um, received by the faculty and by the school? Oh, I mean, it was very well received. I mean, they made me valedictorian, so they didn't hate it. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine uh-huh. that your being valedictorian, though, was a number of years of of academics and scholarship that brought you to that point. Yeah, I, I actually had um, 
I had had some uh, scholarship also from NYU's. Uh, I had a, an artist residence program for some college students who lived locally. Because as a Jew, there wasn't really much to do on the SCA campus, the School of Visual Arts campus. So I used to mooch off the NYU campus and the and uh, the neighboring schools. So I did get a little bit of accolades both within SCA and out of it. Um, and it was just a really fun experience and a really interesting past trying to make a calendar and a. You know, you work so hard on a project, and it kind of only lasts a year. But, you know, the cartoons last forever, so it's all good. And have you used those cartoons in different um, in different forms from that point on? Or was that just like, you know, that was your first real massive project, and that was just, you know, a springboard for everything else you've done? Um, well, I did use some, reuse some of the designs for T-shirts and, and whatnot. I have a cafe press site with that still up, actually, that I haven't thought about in a while. But um, it's still there, so... <laughs> There are mugs and T-shirts and other paraphernalia. Um, but for the most part, it was just a one-time project that I would have loved to have continued if there was an interest, but um, I kind of moved on from, from there. Well, I want to let everyone know two things. Number one, you can follow everything that's going on with Shari by going to her website, sharipair.com, which, by the way, I'm going to spell out because it is you pronounce it differently than it is spelled. C-H-A-R-I-P-E-R-E. Dot com. We'll make sure to post that as well. So everything that is going on in Shari's life, which is unbelievably unusual and incredible because there aren't too many people with her job and her background on this planet, I would argue, um, but also because you can see all of this creativity and um, and frankly, all of this warmth that comes through all of her art and that comes through all of your art. So number one, I want to let everyone know, C-H-A-R-I P-E-R-E.com is where you can see all of Shari's work. And I also want to let Shari know that about 20 years ago, and this is a is an unbelievable like coming together of different worlds, I was Shari's language arts teacher in the Yeshiva Flatbush. <laughs> <laughs> what are the best? Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. It was um it was a lot of fun. That was, you know, it was my first year teaching, and I really thank Yeshiva Flatbush. Um, from the bottom of my heart for it being a very warm environment to really, you know, like, you know, spread my wings, so to speak, and try out different things and allow allow students to be creative in the classroom, which, you know, you have expressed before was something that you felt very liberated by, you know, being able to express yourself um, at a young age and academically, but through something visual and through something artistic. And just to hear that you started art classes at six years old means that you went through, I mean, that this is really something that you saw in yourself very, very early on. Well, actually, it was very lucky that I did go to Flappish at that early age because uh, Dr. Harvey Bachman, who interviewed me for, for first grade, he's the one who recommended that I take my first class. And so it was because of that that I, you know, started this this crazy path I've been on. And then, you know, you always remember the people who've encouraged you and inspired you. And, you know, my first teacher to really push me was my second grade teacher, Mrs. Fader. Uh, and she was just, I'm still really close with her. We talk all the time. She's at my wedding. Um, and she said I was going to be an author illustrator <laughs> when I was seven. So that was fun. And then I had you in seventh grade, and I remember, like, the book reports that we had to do were, we could, we could, I could get as crazy and creative as I wanted to. And just having that freedom within the boxes that I had to, you know, basically keep myself the rest of the time was just the best. And then I had a teacher in high school, um, Mrs. Agassi, who I'm also still 
friendly with and I speak to her a lot and she and I would always chat about my art path and you know it's funny because you never know as a teacher as a student what's going to stick with you and um, the people who have inspired me I, I'll never forget them and I'm, I always feel um, you know closeness and, and much appreciation for where I've come from. Shari Perry is a cartoonist. She joins us today from Los Angeles. She is a former Mad Magazine intern, She graduated, <laughs> which is great, by the way, which is so cool. Graduated valedictorian, as we mentioned, from the School of Visual Arts in 2007. She is an invited, was an invited speaker at the 2009 Israeli Presidential Conference on Arts and Culture panel. She has also worked with number one with the New York Times best-selling author Gretchen Rubin. She's worked with the Orthodox Union, and as we mentioned, she worked with Mad Magazine. She has done storyboards for the coolest different companies in the world. Presently, she um, is she is a cartoonist at Kastner and Partners, and if you see all those really cool billboards for Red Bull, that's Shari. Well, I'm part of a team of a couple of other cartoonists, um, and we've been, you know, coming up with headlines and taking other headlines and, uh, and you know, drawing the in-house art. So the final art is done out of house, but we basically lay it all out, and it's been the most fun ever. You know, as uh, as someone who who's always loved cartoons, to see a cartoon campaign for Red Bull growing up was just so inspiring. You know, there aren't too many commercials that are that are fun and cartoony like that. So it's really just a dream come true being able to be here and actually get to get my hands dirty on something I really believe in. No, it's it's really it's very exciting. I mean, it's it's completely I guess the only word I can I can use, which works in every language, is nachas, is that as a former, and by the way, when you said seventh grade, I was like, wow, my memory really is slipping. It's a, it, it's, it's a, it's incredibly gratifying as, as a teacher, and at this point in my life as a former teacher, to look back on the work of so many of my different students who are doing incredible things and seeing them really contributing to the world and building families and staying true to themselves. And most recently, where that, where that really um, spoke to me in terms of your work was um, your your comic. And again, I'm not sure that's the right term in terms of this. I don't know if it's graphic novel, graphic art, but the comic that you had done on miscarriage. Yeah, that was a project that I, you know, I suffered a miscarriage three years ago, last um, May. So just recently, the anniversary of the miscarriage passed. Um, and, you know, I'm someone who, if something's happened to me, I always love to share so that, if I, if I can help one person through my experiences, that's just all I care about in life. And so as soon as I had the miscarriage, I knew I wanted to tell it as a, as a story because the thing that floored me the most was just how common it was. I was very lucky that I had a couple of friends who'd mentioned in passing that they had experienced some. So I knew who to talk to when my, I was going through my, you know, my crazy experience. Um, but but I, uh, I was able to get a small grant to tell my story. And I had um, a, a, a girlfriend that I met at a, at a Jewish artist retreat. And she and I decided we're going to team up and tell stories of like my miscarriage, uh, you know, about women going through taboo subjects that shouldn't be taboo because of how common they are. So, um, you know, it was just, it's just incredible how common all these issues are that women have to deal with. And we just want to be able to tell a series of stories of, of, of other women's experiences so that um, we can just start the dialogue going and then ultimately try to get an anthology together um, so that 
women will know if they're going through something like this, they're not alone. I'm sure that there are people out there who are listening to us have a conversation about a comic strip and a miscarriage and seem see it as completely incongruous. Maybe it's something that somebody would experience, heaven forbid, and write about it in a poem or write in a short story. But since so many people wait a comic as something that's either going to be humorous or just light and airy, you know, it's probably a, a you know, sometimes at, like, at, at some point, a difficulty for people to reconcile that for you and for other cartoonists, this is your poem. This is your short story. This is how you tell what's going on to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I, I felt like I had to get through also, and one of the one of the beauties of the comic medium is that you can really show what's going on. I, you know, I'd read countless articles and other people, you know, video, watched other people's interviews about going through miscarriages and similar, you know, similar issues. Um, but there's something very different about going and seeing what someone, I mean, I have this one panel that's really graphic about, you know, what exactly I saw and right. what I went through. And, um, I didn't want to shy away from that because I felt like it was important for others to see what I'd gone through, and especially if they're going through the same thing and they don't know what, what's flying, you know, just to try to share as much as possible to be as helpful and open as possible. This is also, by the way, on Shari's website. If you go to Shari Pear, C-H-A-R-I-E-P-E-R-E.com slash blog slash miscarried, you can find this all there. I know I had shared it, and um, you had shared it on Facebook as well. And as we know, Mayim Bialik picked it up and did this unbelievable story on it as well, encouraging women out there to check this out. Because, yeah, even though that, that what did you say, that that square, that what was the term you used? The, um, oh. Um, I don't remember the, the, the panel, the panel, the panel yeah. that you, thank you, that you had, um, in which there was, you know, this rather graphic, um, demonstration of what you had seen for me, I, I read the comic, the long form comic, and it didn't, it, it wasn't a harsh visual for me because you had so framed it within this bigger story, this grander story. And because of the lead up, you know, the narrative is very, very clear. As a person who cannot draw more than two stick figures, and those two stick <laughs> figures look exactly the same, and I apologize to, to people out there who can draw, um, you know, there's a, there are two stories going on here when you look at a comic or if people are familiar with Art Spiegelman and Mouse and which is, you know, oftentimes the easiest, you know, conversation starter in terms of something like this. There are two narratives going on. There is the wording, but the wording in each panel goes along with the with the picture there. You can't read one without the other. And so the wording that you use and the story that you're telling from the beginning to the end, even though that scene is again, to use your word graphic, it is so within the greater framework that it is not, it, it is appropriate, I think is the right word. It's an appropriate scene right there. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I try to, I try my best to um, create work that's as accessible as possible, that my art is as universally appealing as possible. You know, everything that I try to do, I try to bring people together. That's kind of my brand that I've been trying to, you know, put together my whole life. I, you know, there's so much out there that's polarizing to people. And, um, you know, there's lots of comic artists who do work that really pushes boundaries, but I try to try to, 
be as innovative as possible in a way that will be as appealing as possible. You know, you wrote something else also at the end of the, now I learned a new term, long form comic. Um, <laughs> you, you learn, you write, the more we talk about things, the less scary they become. It's such an amazing, but yet, but yet complicated and also simple statement to make, but it's something that we don't grasp as adults, that we instinctively, when it comes to talking about things that are difficult, especially with our kids, we decide that, you know, we shouldn't talk about it. That was, I mean, you and I, you and I are not of the same generation, but the generations before us would say, you know, this is this is too hard to talk about. This is not something that should we talk about. But instead, you know, you're looking at everyone saying, we have to talk about this. And the more we talk about it, the less scary something is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, I was just completely taken aback by how common something like this is. And it just seemed so ridiculous to me that it could be this big secret, this unnecessary big secret that just causes so much pain and, and, and hurt when it could just, you know, just talking about it. I mean, obviously you can't change the outcome, but you can change your mental state of well-being. And I know that the more I talk about it, you know, I feel like, you know, the miscarriage I went through didn't happen in vain. Right. I hear that. Is there, was, was there a catharsis in this process? Did it, did it really like, you know, help you move on? Or did you do this so much later that, that this was just like, you know, the closing of it? It was more of the closing. I mean, I, I was very, very, very fortunate that I was able to get pregnant right away and have, um, you know, another, another child. And I just felt like I had to, I had to close that chapter, but you know, in a way it closed one chapter and opened another because I would like to continue that work and, um, and try to tell more stories. But, um, you know, it was, what's so rewarding is that, you know, since Maya shared it on her Facebook page, I was getting, I'm still getting emails from women all over the world, some who haven't even shared their stories with anybody else. And they're all, they tell me their stories and I'm happy to, to write back and, and, try to be there for them in the way that I had some great friends who were there for me. Um, and to me, that's, that's what's most important. You know, I always try to use my, my cartooning powers for good. And this is, <laughs> you know, the epitome of, right. of all that, all that work. So it's just, you know, like I said, I feel like my miscarriage did not happen in vain. And, you know, I always try to, to make light of the dark in my life. Oh. And this is just, you know, one way that I was able to, to be shared and, you know, to receive sharing in return. Well, I want to tell you something. I, in, in my years of doing this, and I know I sound like I'm a hundred right now, but in my years of being on the air, I can't remember in recent memory when I've ever received an email from a listener begging me to have someone on. And that was the case with you. And I don't know if this woman was a, was also somebody who had suffered a miscarriage or was following you on Facebook or whatever it was, but I, I, she reached out to me and she said, please get in touch with Sherry. Please have her on. And I said, well, it's funny that you say that because I was going to do that anyway. But, um, but I just want to, but I just want you to know that you're being directly that not only are you being directly contacted, um, as you just mentioned by different people who are sharing their stories, but it came to me as well. That's how far you've touched people. And you should know that. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, that's, there's nothing more I can ask for. I just, want to do good. And I'm, I'm glad that my messages and my cartoons are making a difference.
Well, they certainly, certainly are. Sharipair.com, C-H-A-R-I-E-P-E-R-E.com. Follow her on Facebook. Check out her website and certainly check out her blog. And I have a feeling that we are, this is just the beginning of what we are going to hear from Shari. Shari, I personally am incredibly proud of you and the strength that it took to to write this and to draw this and to get this out. And on behalf of women everywhere, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing and that I'm looking forward to this anthology, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I'm working on the next one um, with my partner and we're going to tell her story. And um, my lovely husband is a great editor and he gets to, to edit all of them. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's nice. It's just nice being able to work with people you, you love and, you know, I'm very thankful. You know, it's it's really funny because earlier this year in January, I was needing work and just, you know, nothing was really happening. And I pretty much went, I, you know, was in bed pretty much crying my eyes out, you know, two kids to take care of. And, you know, I, uh, I basically told God like, Hey, I, I need a sign here because I can't do this anymore. I've been freelancing for 10 years. And then, you know, later that week I got, I got my, um, hemp opportunity at Kastner and Partners. And it's, it's given me the freedom to, to do my own work after work. And I feel like it's a very exciting time for me. And I hope to take advantage of it and do as much funny and numerous and inspirational work as possible. Love it. Absolutely love it. Continued Hatzlacha to you. Please keep in touch. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. Shari Pear, thanks so much. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. She is a doll. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect, what to look forward to, and what not to miss. We are going to, by the way, we're going to close with Ivri Anochi. It was was the song that Nachum began the Celebrate Israel Parade broadcast with on Sunday, and it sort of stuck in my head all week. So uh, it's speaking to me. So if you hear it coming up in the background, that's not an illusion. It really is is Benny Friedman's Ivri Anochi. See, what did I tell you? We have a full afternoon of programming right after That's Life. It's a live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Full afternoon of programming continues after that tomorrow morning. Don't miss a moment of JM in the AM. It just seems that every week I say the same thing. But 7.40 AM, Malcolm Holmline joins Nachum Siegel for the weekly update. And with everything going on, and it continues to go on. You really cannot miss a moment. At the conclusion of JM and the AM, Naomi with a new edition of Table for Two. And then stay tuned as you enjoy the Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by Kedem. And, of course, the live lunch hosted by Mark Zamek, also brought to you by Kedem. Up until candlelighting here on the East Coast. Abrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull, Mosei Shabbat. Matis hosts JM Sunday, starting Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Again, Leaving you with Ivri Anochi by Benny Friedman. Thanks to everyone. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. A little bit of history I've been through. Ask me where I'm from, and I will tell you I'm a Jew and every Jew's a proud Jew Not just me, my sisters and my brothers Never be ashamed to be a proud Jew It's not what you've done, it's how he made you So sing this song and spread the pride around you Yehudiani, eternally Hey Abraham, it's called Yaakov